0: Welcome back to Let's Get Married, the wedding and event podcast. Hey, Sam. Hi, Mia. How's it going? Good. How are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you in years. I don't know why.
1: I know. Like, we text a little bit, but it's. I feel like it's been like a, a good solid week, at least, since we've talked.
0: I know. What's your update on the house search?
1: Yeah. So right now, we got approved, got accepted. Yay. We our um, contract signed. Now we're just waiting for the seller to sign. So still good vibes. It's still kind of, you know, um, but we're, we're in a good place. And now it's kind of fun, at least for me, Joel's having a little bit of a conniption. But um, now we're just furniture shopping and painting, like getting all of that stuff in order. So I have um, a ridiculous Excel spreadsheet broken down by room and by priority with links. So,
0: um, I expect yeah, I mean, nothing less.
1: <laughs> I was telling my mom that, and she was dying laughing, but it's like, but you know me as a person and this just like makes me feel better. If so. you
0: didn't have an Excel spreadsheet going, I'd say like, it's work getting too stressful. Like, <laughs> it, it, are you okay? <laughs> like what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's really efficient. I have every room broken down by what it needs with links and descriptions and prices so we can build a budget so listen I am on it that's
0: smart you're really taking our wedding budgeting advice and applying it to the rest of your life which it's I am really impressed really
1: with in the world it really can
0: yeah did you I saw you insta story that you were getting paint samples are you going to do like neutrals do you have any like pops of color like what's your paint philosophy because we've all only lived in apartments where it's like no, this is it no.
1: I tend to live in like the neutral zone, but um, I think I'll have some fun. And like, we have like a powder room downstairs. So maybe like a fun, I was thinking like an emerald green on an accent Ooh. wall there. And then maybe some fun wallpaper on one wall in the bedroom. So more to come, but I'm excited.
0: That's a good idea. I actually walked by a store that had all those um was like new velvet couches that you're seeing everywhere yes. and they had it in a deep green and my friend sydney actually has a couch like that and it's just like such a great color for a space yeah. too
1: i've been dying for like a tufted emerald green couch so i she i gotta see pictures because i'm obsessed with that
0: yeah i'll send you pictures that's oh my gosh that's so exciting i love Interior designing. When we moved here, I was just so we had everything hanging up within like 48 hours. We had friends come over and they're like, how did you do this so fast? And Tony always says this because we didn't have cable set up for like 72 hours. So we had nothing to do in the meantime. So I think it's a good tip. Like don't set your Wi-Fi up right away and like get stuff on the walls.
1: Now You have like kind of vaulted ceilings like in your kitchen area. Didn't you say like Tony was like hanging from like the (laughs) ceiling trying to hang stuff for you guys? Yes,
0: the oar. So we, for anyone listening, we have um, an oar on a really high up wall. It was the first thing. My my parents, um, once they got married, the first thing they bought together was a canoe. And these are the oars that go along with the canoe. And they gave us one of them. And Tony literally almost lost his life. And I was like, lean further like i have pictures of him like like 75 percent of his body is hanging <laughs> like it was so so I dangerous <laughs> i look forward to see what antics joel is, re- is required oh. of joel <laughs> what are we drinking today
1: so today i've decided i feel like you know it's kind of teetering on getting a little bit warmer so we're going to start going into some fun spring drinks here so today we're drinking a rhubarb Campari spritz, kind of a twist on an Aperol spritz, but with rhubarb. Um, so this is two ounces Tito's, um, but you can use your favorite vodka, just to be like Tito's here. Um, one fourth an ounce of Campari, a rhubarb simple syrup, so taking the rhubarb again, kind of making that simple syrup like we've talked about in other shows, a dash of bitters and then you just top it with club soda served in a wine glass and then garnished with a lemon um, twist.
0: How fun and I just love that we're looking to spring, positive vibes all around. Positive
1: vibes, it's supposed to get a little warmer so here's to drinking a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure, let's try it, Cheers. cheers. I like it. The rhubarb is unexpected. I can't tell you the last time that I tasted anything Huber? rhubarb, so I'm into it.
1: Yeah, I actually really love rhubarb. Um, I make a raspberry rhubarb pie in the summer. That's pretty good. But other than that, yeah, there's not a ton that I've really had rhubarb for. Um, I know for some reason, I think Canadians really like it. I know that like some of Joel's friends are like
0: obsessed with rhubarb. So funny. It feels like the perfect like a uh, picnic kind of meal or uh, element to a meal or something. So I love that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of spring, I was venting to – who was I venting to? It was Maybe it was, it was someone today. I was venting that I feel like everyone is just, like, ragging on the month of March. And, like, I get it. We're hitting our year anniversary of being in quarantine, and everyone rags on March anyways but I'm an Aries.
1: This is your birthday month. It is
0: my birthday month. I, and I love the anticipation of like my favorite time of year, like when it gets really warm with the, like it's, you know, the anticipation is even better than the actual thing that I'm looking forward to sometimes, you know, like how anticipating vacation is better than vacation. So I'm like, come on, I know that it's hard. We're hitting a year, but like, spring is on the way, flowers, tulips are like, the best thing ever like you know
1: <laughs> yeah no i'm with you i think i think it's just what you were saying like it's like that mark of we've all been inside for a year but normally i love like, as soon as you start to feel like okay i can open up my windows a little bit and get some fresh air like that just makes me a different person i think it was like sometime last week it was 50 something degrees and i had i mean we were we had blankets on we were cold inside but i had every single window open and it just like fresh air makes me feel
0: I know that was the best weather day I put my chair on the deck and I went out for a run and I was just like looking up the blue sky and I was like I think we're all gonna be okay
1: so today we're going to be talking about all things registry best things to put on it what you can skip and how many things you should add we're really just gonna dive into registry 101 here
0: I feel like a little bit of a theme of this episode is Mia very quickly realized she's getting married soon and has a bunch of questions for Sam, you know? (laughs) Let's
1: do it, yes. So this is episode 18. 18. Just switched roles there, Mia.
0: (laughs) I know, we did. Um, Okay, all right. So let's see what I need to know. Okay, so first off, what are your thoughts for someone who says, do I even need a registry? I, I don't need anything. Should you still do one?
1: So I think let's take a step back, right? So typically, and I feel like you can probably add a little bit more insight, typically and traditionally, I think the goal of a registry was for couples who are about to be newlyweds under the assumption that they probably haven't lived together and that they need things for their new home, right? So we all know that that's completely outdated now and and definitely not accurate anymore. But what I would say is even if you feel like you don't quote unquote need anything, you should absolutely have a registry. Oftentimes couples will live together. So they have all of their needs, their necessities. But I I always looked at it as upgrades or would like to haves. Um, and so I think it's it's a great way to add things that you might not necessarily buy yourself, but oh I really wanted this. Um, or you know maybe I want to upgrade my just square set or or whatever it is. And and using that um, for your registry, because at the end of the day, it's not going to matter to you if you get it or you don't get it, because you already have your necessities, it's just add-ons.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Like People are going to buy you gifts, so upgrade, even if you don't feel like you really need something. And exactly. like you said, it's like the evolution of this has been really interesting, because it, it started out really focused on family, providing something to the other family from the bride's family to the groom's family in history and so it used to be called the bride price and like how much the family is exchanging their daughter for essentially and then it blossomed into a dowry and then something called a marriage chest which was a a chest that um, the family would stock with items that the bride would need for her married life so it became this kind of bundle of things to take into this new Family that she's joining because they'd often move into the groom's house or something like that until they were on their feet, um, and then, and then from there, small shops and boutiques would help brides choose the china they wanted, choose the glassware they wanted, and things like that. And then everyone knew where to go and get the items for the couple that the bride had picked out. So that's when it kind of shifted from family to everyone else in the community, everyone, all the other guests. It would be like the main shop or boutique in town. Where else was there to go, right? Right. So then in 1924, a company called Marshall Fields, which is now owned by Macy's, interestingly enough, established the first registry. And so they started doing what the small shops and boutiques were doing, but making it... searchable and across many different stores. As we know, Macy's is nationwide and things like that. And then it blossomed um, about 10 years later into even having something called the bride's house, where on the eighth floor of these massive um, department stores, it would be set up like a perfect house. And it's kind of what we've seen today. If you do go and register in person, which I'm sure is like the numbers are way down of people doing that, where you go and you scan the glass and you scan the fork and you scan the vacuum and all that. So they would set up these Perfect places, which you could see still in a department store these days, but now obviously we've blossomed to online and Zola and the knot and wedding wire and where you can drop in an Amazon link or you can drop in um, from the shop down the street the the vase you see in the window or something. so it, I think that family versus guest part of this is one of the most interesting things too.
1: yeah, no, I completely agree, and it's so funny like. You think when I was imagining building my registry like you have in your head those movies where like girls were just like clicking with the gun and like their favorite places and like like um you know and like that's not I built mine all online and I it was so easy and convenient especially with like our work lifestyles and everything too to just be able to have that accessibility right there um, and just develop it there.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine going into a store and scanning something these days, right? So speaking of that, what tool do you use for your registry?
1: Yeah, so I think we've definitely spoken about this before, but Zola is my absolute Favorite not only because you can do so many things within Zola. You can track your guests. You can create your wedding website There's you can even order your invitations and everything through there. There's so many things within Zola and I know the knot is pretty comparable um, but what I loved was the registry capabilities that it had the, you can I mean, it has a pretty extensive site within Zola of things that you can add, but you can also go to external sites. you can create funds, you can um you can do so many things within um, the just the registry um, ability that i I really liked it, and it's very user friendly.
0: Yeah, it is that's that's true. So I have started with Zola, and I actually discovered that there's a plug. I mean, they tell you this, I didn't discover this, but there's a plugin that you can put on your website, uh, search um, internet browser. And so when you are on a random website, you can just click add to my registry and then it kind of filters everything into one spot for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's perfect. And it takes like the price and everything. I think I still have that on like my personal computer, like the the (laughs) extension that I just need to take off. But (laughs) but, yeah, I love it.
0: So what would you say would be the best items that you added to your registry?
1: That I, okay, because I was going to say, I think, like, best items to add in general, I think is, like, it's obviously specific to, like, the couple and their, right. their lifestyles and their interests. Um, I love cooking, and I think Joel loves eating my cooking, so <laughs> I registered for a lot of, um, like, high-end cookware, so, like, all Stab, um cookware and, like, copper pots that I've always wanted. Um a Kitchen Aid was like one of my my big things, and then just like some nice crystal, like nice crystal rocks glasses that um, we both. I, I can I think I can count the times on one hand that we've actually used them, but when we use them, um, not because we're not like scotch drinkers per se, um, <laughs> it, it's nice to like have a reminder that we have them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So okay, so you would say some of those kitchen upgrades where you're best item. Anything else that you think is like just overall for anyone, regardless of lifestyle would be like the best items to add.
1: I would say, I would say kitchen stuff is great because you all need it, you know, and, um, this is a time where you're like, you don't want to have to spend on a pot. Right. But it's like, Oh, like this, this cast iron pot is I'm going to use it. Um, I'd say that's really big. I'd say, um, Dishware things like that um, like upgrades silverware knives things like that I think that those are all really good things another thing that I thought was interesting is that typically I don't know if you've heard of this Typically, they say that you should um, Register for two times what your guest list is Personally, I think that that's a lot I registered for about 60 gifts Um But I think that it's to each its own and like, hey, why not if you feel like, you know, I think it all varies. It depends too on like what's on your registry.
0: Right. Like that money amount. And I want to say that Zola even has like a bit of a calculator that says how the monetary value of all of your gift total, right? So then it can tell you, okay, this is great for a 200 person guest list or a 50 person guest list or something. So that's interesting. Two times, I guess if everything is like a... $50 $50 price range, then that kind of, or a $70 price range, like that kind of does net out. But because
1: yeah, they're saying the average gift per, or the average guest spends about $120 per, you know, on registry gifts whether that's a few whether that's one and i think you know that's pretty accurate i'm thinking of like my relationships with people that like i've gone to but like i'd say that's pretty accurate around like an accurate assumption so if you're doing smaller ticket items
0: then yeah you're going to need to kind of stack up a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense okay so what items should you skip on your registry
1: So I would say don't register for bed and bath linens. You don't need sheets and towels unless they're like top of the line sheets that you've been dying to get. Um, I'd say you don't need that. Um, Anything that's specific to just you or just your spouse um, shouldn't belong on your registry either. Um, So like if, you know, like. We, we joke all the time that to- Tony and Joel love Xbox, but I think I would have <laughs> murdered Joel if he put an Xbox on her register,
0: you know, like, oh my like God.
1: Um, And, like, Fine China, I think that depends. So the thing that for Fine China, for me, is I think of that being passed down through, like, family, like, as, like, a family thing. So I wouldn't think... Unless you don't have something like that and you're like dying for a China set, I don't think that that's something that belongs on your registry either.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good point of looking at it though. If you do have any desire to have China, that it is something to be passed down. Um, Anytime we have gone to estate sales though, I feel like the China is always up for sale. Um, But, and so, okay, so this is interesting that you're saying no towels or sheets, not super necessary. Is that because? you came into living with Joel with really nice towels and sheets already, or do you feel like you'll get new ones or what are your thoughts there?
1: So here's, I think my overall like thing on towels in general is like, yeah, like I've, you know, I've gotten nicer towels, you know, but ultimately like we throw them out after a little bit. Like, it's not like, you know, if they get dingy and gross, like, yeah, we spend money on towels, but at the end of the day, like it's, I rather have something that I can potentially, like my cast iron pots or something that have a little bit more uh, shelf life. I would say than something like towels um, that you know. I just feel like you can get those. You can get those very affordably. If you want to get them a little bit more expensive, by all means. But ultimately, it doesn't have a long shelf life. I think
0: so. And no, this this is the beauty of us having different perspectives and i am probably most excited for new towels because okay. we i had like some scary old towel when i came and like moved in here and i think i when my best friend annie moved to paris i think i like accidentally ended up with some of her towels and was like gosh these are really nice like that was the only thing that i ended up like of a nice towel and i just kind okay. of fell into my lap but tony like had like bachelor pad versions of towels. So I'm really excited for my towels, okay. I have to say. I but but I think this connects to what we've said on a couple of the past episodes of when I when I talk about blue apron because I'm not a kitchen person. You know, I'm like not super excited about different kitchen items like Tony definitely is, but I'm kind of excited about like the other elements of the house. But I see if you're someone that is going to toss out towels in the next couple of years or sheets, or you're going to upgrade to a king bed. So why, why get queen sheets if you have a queen right now? Like that makes sense. Like consider the shelf life of your world.
1: Yeah. And I also like, for me, like that also goes like what I was like, I tend to live in like the neutral world where like I have white
0: towels and white
1: sheets. Right. After a while, you know, like they just look gross. So we just get rid of them.
0: That's a good point. White towels have a lesser shelf life. Okay, so what do you think is the most expensive gift to have on the registry?
1: So the reason why I love Zola is because you're able to put on really high ticket items and have market as um, being contributions. So say you know, you love this piece of luggage, you know, or the set of luggage, but it's maybe a $1,000 for four pieces. You can put it as a contribution and people are like, can enter and pay however much they're willing to pay. And then at the end, hopefully it'll show someone has contributed. And then by the end, you know, hopefully you'll be able to get it. And so I love that aspect because going back to these are things that you want, you know, um, it allows you to put things that you really want, obviously within ration. I wouldn't say put all like thousand dollar things on your registry. That's you know not practical and and kind of a faux pas. But um, it it allows you to have a little bit more diversity. I think on my list, the most expensive things was we did a honeymoon fund. So obviously that that had a big thing. Um, the luggage we had, we got um, really nice luggage um, and my kitchen. Those are my top ticket items. Um, but yeah, and I felt very strongly, I think at anything over $200 I made a as a contribution because I didn't want anyone to feel like by looking at my registry that they felt obligated to get something if if some of the lesser ticket items were, were purchased. And um, at the same time, I, I didn't want to compromise what I wanted either.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a great point that, uh, that is a good rule of thumb. Something over $200 make it the group gift. I like that. Yeah. I think that's classy and kind of like a good barometer. And you mentioned the KitchenAid Mixer. That remains the number one gift on registries still.
1: Yeah. It has it's such a, a lot. And I mean, now they have all different ones. They have a mini one and, you know, and, you know, but. Um,
0: what color is yours?
1: I have a red one.
0: I think that's like the number one too. Yeah. That's awesome. That, it's like such a nice thing in a kitchen too. You have yours oh, like on display, it. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't use it as much. Like I do a lot of like, like we said, like holiday cooking. I think that we've like, and I use it there, um, but it is such a game changer when I use it. It really, it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. I was like, Mixing, always oh, oh, mixing brownies. I texted you when I was making brownies oh the other day. I was like, gosh, my elbow's hurting. We better put a kitchen mixer, a kitchen mixer on the register. On it the registry. it yeah. really does. <laughs> Is it tacky to ask for cash and how about a honeymoon fund?
1: So I would advise against asking for cash specifically, but I think funds are totally acceptable. I've seen, I've done a honeymoon fund. I've seen home funds. Um, and I think that's a great way of showing that, you know, like at the end of the day, I think, you know, like let's level set. We all just want the money cause we're planning a wedding and like there's a lot of expenses, but you know, the reason why we do registries is because like we said, these are gifts that you guys as newlyweds will have and be able to kind of start a life and, and create things with, um, so I think labeling things like home fund, honeymoon fund, whatever it is, vacation fund, dog fund, I've even seen if they want a dog, gives people they're more inclined to, you know, contribute to it if they know it's something that, you know, is going to mean something to you guys and and there's an ult- ultimate objective, I guess, with the money.
0: Yeah, that that's a great idea that there's a way to ask for cash but not make right. it like all right, write, write me a check. You exactly, know. exactly. So it is smart to keep in mind that the online registries, I think Zola has the least credit card charge. I think we talked about this in one of the early episodes, but Zola does have a credit card charge. So it is good to know if you are gifting essentially money online though there will be a credit card charge taken so writing a check or giving cash on the day of the wedding your money actually will go further Um, so
1: I think in Zola there's also an option of you as the um, gifter absorbing that credit card fee or you know so that doesn't come out of the um, I think it's been a minute but I think that's accurate
0: you're right that's a good point there is a the couple takes the charge or the yeah. person giving it too. But I mean, that is the beauty of signaling in a registry that you want cash and then right. someone just bringing the cash on the day of the wedding in in a card. My thing with the registry though is sometimes like, I like to give a card at the wedding. And if I've bought something online, like great, it's what they wanted. But I, But sometimes it feels weird to walk into a wedding completely empty handed. So I guess you could always do a card. Still, did anyone do that? For like a just like a they had already given a gift, but they like wrote you a yeah, card. So
1: actually, you so most at least from my perspective, most registries are completed or pretty much picked out from the bridal shower. So um, by the time you get to your wedding, it will mostly be you know, checks or cash cards. Um, there were a few people that gave us gifts. There was like a few higher ticket items still on my registry um, that some people purchased as like gifts. Um, but but no, most of it was with cards, which which we, we kind of follow suit like, with friends and how we go about things as well.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think I should just start doing blank cards or not blank cards, but and n- not cash in the card if I've given already on online somehow. So it's still, I don't know. I just love giving and receiving cards, switching gears as a guest. What's your philosophy on buying something that is not on the registry, going off the registry?
1: I would generally say stick to the registry because a lot of, because couples put time into it and this is generally what they want, right? So going off the registry, you're really gambling. And I wouldn't I would just say it's not i don't know i would just say stay on it there was one time where i did stray off of the registry and i felt okay about it because um the person i was giving it to she actually went off of my registry and by the time i got to her registry there was no options left um so i felt okay doing that just because of that situation.
0: Mm -hmm. So that was actually going to be my next question. If the registry has all been purchased up, if there was a bridal shower, like you said, what should you do? Should you go off? Should you do something else? So
1: if you're going, this is how I'd say, if you're going to a bridal shower and there is nothing on the registry, although the bride... I know I was keeping tabs in terms of like especially Zola will give you like emails like you're running low like you should add a few more gifts kind of as reminders just for options Um, so the bride will likely see that and hopefully add things so you won't even get to that point but if you're at that bridal shower and the registry is completely picked out I would say it's safe at that point to you know get a card maybe something small for her to open and then cash in the in the card Um, However, if you're going to a wedding, I would say, um, don't even worry about the registry at that point. Just give a card with with cash. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. you know. And speaking of cash, I feel like one of the biggest questions that I'll get from anyone going to a wedding or involved in a wedding will say, Mia, how much do I give? And I know you and I have said before, and this is pretty much the rule of thumb is pay for your plate. But the issue is that you don't always know what the price is. And I think, especially if you are like the, if you're, if you haven't been to weddings in several years, or you are a bit older, chances are the prices are higher than they were, you know, it's just, I mean, all we always hear is like, older family relatives saying that their cost of their their plates were like a fraction of what ours will be. You know, it's just like these things just get more and more expensive. The wedding industry is just like exponentially (laughs) costing more and more, unfortunately. So I think sometimes it's hard to get a gauge, but I think some simple Googling to figure out, okay, where is the wedding? What type of venue is it? Try to estimate how much that will be. Um, And then also, as you said at the beginning of this, evaluate your relationship with the people. If you are in their inner, inner circle, if you are close, close family, like that, your generosity might be different than if it's a coworker or something. I think there's still like a classy way to do that, but, um, you, you, there's it, it it is definitely what you're comfortable with um but i think some light googling to figure out what the cost of the the your plate if you got a plus one like all of those things go into how much how much you should give
1: yeah i completely agree nowadays it's really easy to get some basic information in terms of plate pricing um online and the rule of thumb is you know you pay for your plate at least and if you can you know a little bit more depending on the discretion of like you said, your relationship and and where that falls in line. Um, Mm -hmm. That's always been the way that um, at least I was brought up. I I think that's kind of tradition. Um, And also keep in mind that like, yeah, weddings are expensive, but it's not just the plate. Like there's so much that goes into your experience at this wedding. Like the open bar, the, 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 um, cocktail hour, the food at the cocktail, like every single. So it's not just the plate. So I I really say like, the least you can do is pay for the plate.
0: That is so true. It's not just the plate. Yeah. Think of the busing, the cut of the DJ or band, all of that. Everything costs money. Yep. The the other thing I was going to say was, I know we're in this era, unfortunately, of people having to cut down their guest list. If you are... If you were uninvited, that's not necessarily the right word. If you are a product of kind of being eliminated from a guest list because the couple had to cut things down, um, should you still give a gift? Should you still buy off the registry?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I would. I I think that that depends, but I would. I think that these are... I hate this, but these are unprecedented times, yep. <laughs> right? And I think that, you know, you were originally invited to the, the wedding. Unfortunately, COVID just didn't have that in the cards, but um, if you can, I would absolutely still contribute, get something from the registry and um, provide something for the couple. We've actually, we had um, close, close friends that were in a similar boat and I, could not imagine not being able to to do that just because it didn't work out for them the way that they wanted to. So,
0: uh-huh. Yeah, nice gesture, for sure.
1: So what's going on with Mary?
0: So we have been on this upward trend of more people reaching out, more people planning. On last episode, I think it was, I said, just keep planning. You're going to want to be in in this space when the world continues to have bits of lights at the end of the tunnel. So um, I was on a, a really fun kind of first conversation with a couple. And I can't remember if they asked me this or I kind of brought it up, but it was essentially like, what sets Mary apart? And without missing a beat in my head, it went, we're scrappy. You know, it was the phrase scrappy, that nothing is below us. It's by any means necessary. We're going to make it a wonderful weekend. We are going to go in with a good attitude. We're not jaded. I think I even said the minute I am jaded, I'm going to stop doing this and shut down Mary, you know, because there unfortunately can be an air of jadedness in this industry of, us. just another wedding, you know. And I think especially this year, it's maybe some of that has gotten sh- shaken up, um, but it is our level of being scrappy that we are. It is not below us to be on our on our hands and knees cleaning up glass on the dance floor. I think I've said that a couple times, and if we need to, we will kneel in a pile of mud to make sure the bride doesn't ruin her shoes. You know, like that's just what we do. And I don't think that I think that, absolutely they're they're awesome coordinators out there. There's coordinators who offer different types of things, but it is really smart to evaluate with each of your vendors, no matter who they are, how scrappy they are and are they really going to make sure they get the job done? Or is this really feel very transactional and that they are a wedding machine and they have just, here's the contract with the bare bones of what they can offer, but you're still having to shell out thousands of dollars. Really understanding, do you connect with this personality on the phone when you're vetting a vendor? And do they match the level of can-do attitude that you frankly deserve? when you're Mm -hmm. planning your wedding, right? Like the hope is of course to do this once. And um I think like I've worked alongside met the majority amazing, amazing people, but I have also worked side by side. I'm with we both have, of um people where you kind of get the sense that they're not scrappy and that we have to absorb some of the scrappiness, which is also an argument for having a coordinator because we will absorb all the scrappiness needed to make an amazing day. But, um, I just, I just really wanted to note that because sometimes it feels like when you're planning that you don't totally know what you deserve, yep. but, um, you deserve, you're exchanging money for goods and services here. You, you deserve someone that is going to put their heart and soul into, into your wedding weekend.
1: And I think that's such a great point, Mia, about like, especially now, right, with, I feel like, you know, we were saying 2021, 2022, weddings are going to be a lot, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot more of them. Um, it could feel as if you're, you're almost asking for too much, because maybe someone, it feels like they're busy, and they've been giving off this vibe of like, oh, you're just another couple, or, you know, I have another meeting. And, and so that scrappiness that you're talking about, I think is, is so valuable to really just drive home. Um, and I think, is all great points. So I'm excited.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and rate us in the Apple Podcast app. Follow us on all of our social media at Mary by Mia, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thanks so much for getting married with us.
0: Have a good one.
1: Bye.